0: Hi, everyone. I'm Ann Kohler. I'm the campaign director for Mark Robison. We're changing things up today, so I'll be your host for The Elephant in the Room, where we tackle issues that a lot of people are thinking about, but not a lot of people are talking about. And today I'm interviewing Mark Robison, who is the candidate for North Carolina State Senate, representing Charlotte District 39.
1: Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Hello, Ann. I'm in the hot seat this time. So we're flipping the roll around, huh?
0: Absolutely. (laughs) How do you like it?
1: Yes, I get to talk. I get to talk, talk, talk. Oh, wow.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, so let's do this. Let's jump right in, right in the hot seat. And I'm going to go straight for it. Why are you running for North Carolina Senate?
1: Well, that is... The great question. Um, You know, it's funny. I I look back kind of over my life and I've always kind of been interested in politics. I mean, in high school, I worked on a couple of campaigns. Um, I went off to college. I went to the Citadel. And after I graduated, I, I moved up to Washington. I worked on Capitol Hill. For actually two different um, South Carolina congressmen, and um, for a short period, that was a really exciting time too. Because you know it was the 1994 uh, contract with America. It was a a huge change for our country. So I got to got to be part of something really, really exciting there. But really, it it boils down to you know for the last 25 years I've been working in banking and financial services, and. While, of course, I've always been paying attention and always had uh, plenty of opinions on what's happening in our country, I was pretty focused. I'm pretty focused on on my career. you know my marriage, my children, all of the things that come about with obviously with a parent raising uh, children. Um, now I have a couple of teenagers, and what I, I t- I'll tell you what really did it, Anne. It was yeah interesting. in In the last couple of years, I've I've had family and friends saying, "Mark, gosh, you should run for office someday." And I always, always like, "No, I don't think so. That's not for me." But <laughs> but what really got me, and it was it's really kind of a combination, and it's it's really one is um the direction that that not only our city is going in which which i find frightening especially when it when it, as it as as it's in front of you every day with crime but really the the direction i'm seeing our state and our country go in um that has been really disturbing me and then in the 2020 i'll never forget this because it was the 2020 election and i went to vote And I was thinking, you know, okay, I know who I'm going to vote for. Um, And if you've ever, you know, (laughs) if you've ever voted, you'll you notice the ballots a lot longer than you expected it to be. Yes. Like, okay, here's the president, senate, you know, you you know those first few. And then all of a sudden, you get to the judges, and you get to the state senators and the state, and you're like, "Oh wow, who are these folks?" And then you you, you know, and you find out it's four pages long, and there's bond <laughs> referendums, and, and on the back side, yeah. right, right, exactly. You're like, "Oh gosh, I got to get back to work." What? How long is this thing? But what really struck me is I started going down the ballot, and all of a sudden, I just saw so many people running for office. Every single one of them were Democrats and it had the word unopposed under them, unopposed, unopposed, unopposed. And, and I, I think something began to build in, in my gut just saying, yeah, this this is not how our democracy is supposed to be. This is not how competition works. This is not right. how balance works. Why are all of these people running unopposed? This can't possibly be for real well it is for real and i and and sadly i i'm i'm not looking forward to uh looking at the ballot here in the next couple of days because you know today is the very first day of early voting in Mecklenburg County and i already have seen the ballot and it has got that word on it way too many times and it's unopposed unopposed the good news is um i've decided i was going to do something about it um and so at least under north carolina state senate district 39 it's got two people running for it. I'm one of them. And I just, I I can't look at unopposed again. And I, you know, I guess that's kind of a long answer to your question, but the main thing is I I just want to serve. I mean, I, I believe in serving the people as a citizen legislator. I mean, that's what George Washington and the founding fathers set up in the first place was not, Hey, I'm going to wake up one morning. I'm going to be a career politician. See, that's not how this works. Our democracy right. Our constitutional republic is set up for, um, you know, people to have jobs and then they say, OK, I'm going to go serve my my constituency. For me, it will be southwest and south central Charlotte and Mecklenburg County. And then you go back to your work, you go back to your job. And, and that's one of the reasons why the North Carolina legislature, um, they it's, it's called a part time job. You go, you serve. Uh, and you have, you go back to your job. So I, again, long answer your, to your question, but I, I really want to serve the people and that is not happening in Mecklenburg County and hasn't for at least a decade.
0: Well, we're glad you did.
1: because <laughs> I'm you glad have. I, we're I did too. I'm glad I get to work with you too, Ann. Oh, uh, well, you've
0: been a dream to work with. It's It's been, it's been absolutely incredible. You touched on a little bit, um already but what is really the breakdown of your district and how do you get the
1: messaging out to such a wide range because it it is wide right yeah it's it's a big district um for the state senate i mean i have 156 thousand registered voters in my district um and and i'm and i will tell you one thing this is since i you know decided to do this almost a year ago that map for district 39 has changed three times um, of, oh, it, it blows my mind. The North Carolina Constitution says uh, the only entity that is supposed to draw these maps is the state legislature, the General Assembly in Raleigh, and that is we did. Or I should say I, I'm already saying we. <laughs> <laughs> the, As the, you should. <laughs> yeah, thank you. The General Assembly drew the maps, and the courts didn't like it. And the courts, for some reason, have taken an awful lot of. um, things on themselves to do. So anyway, here it is. Uh, I'm now on the third map, but uh, the district looks like this. It's, uh, if you look at a map of uh, Mecklenburg County, I've got the Southwest corner. So basically it's all of Steel Creek, the Palisades, um, Carowinds, Pineville, all that area by Lake Wiley. And then it kind of creeps up and goes all the way up to Eastover, Myers Park. And I always say, I, I will represent the parks. Freedom Park, Myers Park, South Park, Park Road Park, Freedom Park <laughs> if it's got park in it more than likely that's going to be in district 39 uh in Dilworth and and South End so it's kind of an oblong shape but it's really very diverse district it's it's a very demographically diverse district um you've got the the area kind of the west uh of i-77 which is steel creek and then you've got the area east of of i-77 which again is is the parks area and it's kind of an east and west but um being a first-time candidate is interesting because i've never never done this before i've watched obviously closely but um there is an author out there that i love re I've, i've been reading his books for years his name is michael lewis i don't know if you've ever read uh, anything by him, man. But you, you, you may yeah. have, you may have seen the movie based on his book Moneyball. Yep, I have. Moneyball is one of my favorite movies with Brad Pitt. I'm sure you, as the ladies, always <laughs> love <Brad Pitt> movies. <laughs> but I, I remember watching this movie, and and I I was really infatuated with this whole Oakland A's thing back in the early 2000s. The Oakland A's were poor. They were like the poorest baseball team uh, in all of Major League Baseball. And they, I think they had about a third the money of the New York Yankees. And the New York Yankees, obviously, they were World Series, World Series, World Series. And the Oakland A's were like, who? <laughs> but they had this guy named Billy Bean in there. And Billy Bean came up with this scenario of, you know what? We have no money, but we're going to figure out a way, right? So they figured out, we're going to go in there and we're going to look at these metrics. And I know what wins games is somebody getting on base. And I I know it sounds like now I'm talking about baseball, which I am. But uh, I thought, what if I could find the money ball of politics? What if we could do something? Because, you know, as a first time candidate, you don't get support from the party. You don't get support from the caucus. Um, I mean, my you know, and our campaign has 100 percent uh, funded by individuals. And yeah. that is an amazing thing. It's very grassroots. But it's also, you don't bring in those massive checks from the party and the PACs and all that other stuff. So what do you do? Well, you come up with something different. And, and you're the one that came up with the, I think, what, what is the thing that's going to propel me into office? And that is what we're doing right now. It's the podcast, right? right? So you get reach. You were like, Mark, you know what we need to do is do something that's completely different than any other candidate. And you have, how long have you been listening to podcasts, Anne? Like how many years?
0: Probably about maybe three, four.
1: So and, a and, and, and the
0: subject matter has changed. Yeah. Um, I've specifically targeted certain subject matters, whether it's financial, politics, to to drive certain data. And so I've gotten yeah. in the last year and a half or two, I've gotten very specific about it, Right. but I've, I've learned and been able to, from, a, from financially or from a job or for clients really target certain things through that data.
1: Yeah. I mean, and and you, so you had been listening to podcasts every day, you listen to them and you're like, Mark, what about a podcast? And I'm like, I think I've heard of that. I, I do know <laughs>
0: I, I had. I did not realize at the time when I suggested it that you had never even listened
1: to one. <laughs> I think I. I think I might have listened to one or two, but I didn't. You know, I was like, yeah, and I was like, but you, you, you were like, you know what? This is a way to reach out to people, to voters, and it will spread. And 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 you know, with social media the way it is today, that's a tough way to reach out to voters. Um, you know, the old timey ways of. Getting standing on a hay bale and 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 talking at the county fair, you know, you have to adapt with the times. And and you nailed yeah. it. So here we are. I think this is my fifteenth podcast, and it's uh, the 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 listenership blows my mind. Like we did one on, remember the one we did on Venezuela? Like this guy, yes, Venezuela. Yes. Uh, I still get questions about that one. It, it was a guy that left Venezuela right before it turned into a socialist mess, and I just found out. Uh, I think you were telling me that the the listenership is huge in the nation of Colombia. And I was like,, yes. and it's because they're dealing with the same kind of border crisis that we are with right. Venezuelans pouring into Colombia. And I was I, I would have never seen that coming ever. Now nobody in Colombia or Bogota can vote for me, <laughs> <laughs> right? But, uh, but that just kind of shows the power of what you you were you were kind of painting that picture for me is hey this is a way to get out there and I and I'm getting a lot of great uh, feedback most importantly from District 39 you know southwestern Mecklenburg right. County, and of course uh, here in the in the parks so that to me is the money ball. That's the, that's the secret sauce that's getting on base. And, um, and I'm just, I, I think that's, uh, that's, you were saying the unique techniques and really the, what, what's unique. You've got to be different. You've got to be different. And um, and I think that's kind of what, what, uh, where I'm going and I'm trying to think outside the box. You're trying to think outside the box. And that was probably the best I ever heard.
0: I think um, it's yeah, specifically to, so if you're, if your reach is all the way to, Columbia, then we know that we probably got as far to the border of South Carolina, which is what I was aiming for, right? right. <laughs> and, um, but I have, um, I wanted, and you wanted people to learn, right? And right, so you've got, right. we've, you've interviewed everyone from energy to um, education, and we brought in people from the community, primarily, that are experts, and it gives you the chance to have a discussion where right. others are learning but in turn, I've learned a lot, a lot of things. I, I have too.
1: Know. I have too.
0: And it's been an incredibly helpful and eye opening. So and so, I know I know that it's working because I myself feel like you know I have a, a broader knowledge of the things that are so very important to people in Charlotte and in your district.
1: Well, it's interesting because you know I I uh, originally thought, okay, we're going to do podcasts. Well, what if you know my my platform is you know education, crime, and representation, but we have done it on, um, you know, the military, the 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 yep. withdrawal from Afghanistan, uh, human trafficking, like you said, energy. I mean, this thing. I've I've interviewed former Governor Pat McCrory, uh, sitting Congressman Dan Bishop, and every single time I do these, I'm learning something that's totally new, and I get people. All the time saying, Mark, I love that interview that you did on education with candidate Sean Strain. He was talking about such and such and, and it or or ESG, you know, how that in the corporate world, how that's right. destroying uh you know, market value of companies. And I'm thinking, gosh, this really is reaching out. This is this is way beyond. Um, A guy running for the North Carolina State Senate, you know, uh, although that whole point of this uh, and most of my podcasts do revolve around crime and education. In fact, the the crime, um, I think that might be the most listened to was the one on crime with Jonathan Stepp, who's a former, you know, decorated CMPD officer who left. And, you know, it's just so many cool people and so many cool topics. And, you know, when this campaign is over, I want to keep doing it because it's I should should definitely (laughs)
0: you should definitely well so um let's move on a little bit today is the first day of early voting in mecklenburg county and why is it so incredibly important more than ever for people to vote right now
1: well you know i could say the cliche and say you know your voice your voice matters and you know all of the things that you hear why it's important make your voice count um are true but i gotta tell you what hits me right in the gut is something that happened in July of this year. Um, The city council in Charlotte, North Carolina here uh, was going to have their election. It was postponed because of COVID. And, you know, it's a vast majority Democrat city council. And they decided to have it on July the 26th. And I couldn't imagine a worse time to have an election But then I thought to myself, that's not a bad time if you're trying to keep the status quo and you're trying to keep everybody that's already there to stay there. And then my idealism jumped in and I said, no, wait a minute. You know, our city is in a mess right now and we are going to change it. And I know people are going to believe and go and vote, even though it's on July 26th. They'll go early vote. You know, they're going to go to the beach. I, I call it now. I call it the beach election. Before the election because everybody was gone. Everybody was out. Politics. Who thinks about politics in the middle of July? But I got out there with my Republican colleagues and we door knocked weekend after weekend. I mean, I'll never forget. I looked at my phone one day in mid-July and I looked at the temperature and it was 104 heat index. And I'm like, what am I doing? And I thought, no, nope, I'm this is this is the right that we're going to turn, yeah. turn the city around. I know, and one once again, am Long answer to your question here. <laughs> You're fine. I don't know how you put up with me sometimes. No stop. <laughs> but but I mean, so so guess what happened? Um, the sitting city council that decided to have it in July, they nailed it. We had twelve percent turnout. That's awful. That was actually two percent more than was predicted. So that means that. 88% of registered voters in Mecklenburg County didn't even bother to vote. Well, guess what happened? Yeah, the status quo stayed. We kept the same, we, we put, in fact, we put in a new uh, council member that calls police officers terrorists. Um, we have two sitting Republicans, one, one by 400 votes. Tartt McCary barely kept his seat. This, this to me was a punch in the gut of what, How important it is to go out and vote, because when you're about hundreds, maybe just a few thousand votes, every single one counts. And again, that goes back to the cliche of your vote matters. You know what? Boy, does it ever. And I cannot. The the good news is we have a very fired up um, country right now that wants change desperately because we are in such a terrible mess. And November, nobody's going to the beach. So
0: we, I agree. Well our
1: are go.
0: usually a light turnout. so we've got to have you're talking a very small percentage of, of what can make the difference. And exactly. Therefore every single person is incredibly important
1: to get out and use their yep. voice and vote. Got to you yeah, there's no excuses. I'm even telling Republicans Republicans typically vote on election day and I'm saying nope, switch it up. You may get an earache uh on election day your child may be sick there may be something come up do not put it to chance put it on your calendar for one of those you know 3 weeks uh, 17 days that's early voting put it on your calendar and go do it it's going to take you 7 minutes
0: well and while we're on that not to you you and I talked about this earlier um some of the locations are have changed up a little bit so we need everyone checking where yeah. they're voting um, I think we saw it only on the early voting locations that have been switched around, well, but everybody needs to stay on top of that. You do not want to be going to your typical one only to learn it's 20 yeah. miles the other way in Charlotte traffic and will take forever to get there and you haven't really prepared. So, yeah,
1: yeah, I mean, I mean, and I'll just say in my district, there are five early voting vo- locations, one one of them, the South Park Library, and I'm going to be camped out there for the next two weeks. You know that. I'm gonna yes. um, and I'm going to do. But the South Park Library has always been one. And I'm glad they didn't change that one. There is also one on South Boulevard at the library. It's a new library. Uh, I, I'm wondering if people are even going to know that that's there. It's between Scaly Bark and Woodlawn. And uh, if if you look real hard, you'll see a bunch of my signs out there. So that's where you turn in. <laughs> turn exactly, Robinson for Senate sign. <laughs> uh, there's also one on at the Marion Deal Center, which is on Tivola. Now that one has been around for a while as well. And if you are in Steel Creek, you're only given one option. So please visit the the old Tap House Forty Nine, and that's on the corner of Caroline's Boulevard and South Tryon. So another location, uh, there's not many, but there is one that's nearest that's going to be near to, to somebody. And I would uh, encourage them to get out there and early vote.
0: Well, and not to mention, I think, I believe we posted the link this morning on, um, our Facebook page on the On the campaign, yeah, exactly. Uh, Where you can go in, put your address, and make sure you're going to the right one before you start driving the wrong direction.
1: Exactly, (laughs) you're on top of it. I'll pretend like I knew you did (laughs) that.
0: Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right. So, what are the main issues that you're running on, and why are they the focal point of your platform?
1: Well, it's for me, and I kind of even hinted at it a couple minutes ago. Is um, crime education uh and actual representation in Raleigh and and I can kind of touch on those a little bit the the big overwhelming part of this and I want to talk about this too is getting a super majority in the general Assembly but before I do that um crime is touching everybody um you know I think even just six months ago we were like man that's pretty bad Chicago La New York these these cities are under right. siege well guess what you know we're the 15th largest city right home to Charlotte it's not only come home to Charlotte, but I didn't even realize this until I got on this, got on the election, the campaign trail is, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina is the sixth worst city in the United States for human trafficking. And I was stunned to learn that. Um, Ever since, I guess it was, it was the summer of 2020 when the first, when I first heard the term defund the police, I first right. heard that term, and I remember the first thing I thought was not what I'm. I'm weird, so I'm thinking different stuff. I, I thought the government's not going to need to defund the police; they're going to defund themselves because they're going to leave. Right. You don't have
0: if and they, they have done that in certain cities already. Exactly. I mean, well, they're, way they're early on. Yeah. Early on,
1: yes. Early on, it was Minneapolis. It was Chicago. It was Atlanta.
0: Baltimore, a lot of them.
1: Yeah. Atlanta, and it has come home to roost. Uh, and I found out. I talked to a police officer the other day. They are short 400 police officers, and that number is growing and growing every single week. And I thought this is this is real. It's happening. It's in our face. Um, CMPD, you you put a great statistic out there on the web uh, a couple of days ago. CMPD puts out his quarterly um, crime numbers, and homicides homicides are up 26 percent. And I'm thinking to myself, horrifying. If we're missing 400 police officers, no, no doubt. I mean, this is how this is what happens when you don't have it. And I talked, and, and you may remember in my um, my podcast with the with the uh, the former officer uh, Jonathan Stepp. He used to be assigned to my district, Steel Creek. Steel Creek is physically the size of Asheville, where I grew up. And Asheville has got such a serious crime problem right now, too. But I got to tell you, what he told me after that shocked me. They are so short-staffed that a, a an area of Mecklenburg County the size of Asheville, which is Steel Creek, has yeah. seven police officers, seven assigned to it at any given time. And no wonder this is skyrocketing. And, you know, the no-bail... Uh, the the weak district attorney. Every we are a, a little miniature version of Baltimore at the moment, and that is not what we need to be. It's not where we want to be. Yeah, and and really, and the scary thing is, you know, I like metrics. You and me are both the same. We like data. We like metrics. of oh, data. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We because it tells a story, right? Right. Like one there's one thing you can't measure, and that's morale of the police. You can't mm-hmm. measure what the morale is of the police but you sure know what it looks like when you see it and that is if you've got somebody excuse me if you have two city council members saying that not only defund the police but that they're terrorists what do you think that's doing to morale i mean good grief so that's an immeasurable device and i am determined when i get to raleigh to step up have their backs Thank them. And, and I'm telling people now, uh, you know, after 9 11, people were going and thanking every service member whenever they saw them. And it was a wonderful thing. And I'm so glad people are still doing that. But I'm telling people to do it with police officers now, too. Thank you for your service. We really appreciate you because that's how you build morale, um, not by calling them terrorists, for crying out loud. I agree. I agree. Um, you know education's a big one for you it is it is and wow I mean I've <laughs> I've got uh one of my kids is a product of CMS I have one in CMS and boy it it you cannot I I just can't tell you um how important it is to to address this and I'll say this too anybody running for a state office like for the state senator the state house and these are things I've learned over the last few years is um you know we've got um I guess when when you think about a 15 billion dollars part of the budget that's going to education I mean that's 60% of the North Carolina budget so anybody that's running for one of these seats that doesn't talk about education doesn't know the job description right so there's $15 billion that is set aside for this. CMS, of course, is the largest school system in the state because we're the largest city in the state. But CMS has a $2.2 billion budget, most of which that comes from the state, right? And we have 62 schools in CMS that have D or F ratings. And they keep wanting more money, more money, and, and it, it's the whole theory of well, let's throw more money at it, at it, and it'll get better. Well, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Um, a few years ago, I um, just because I love eliminating waste, eliminating mistakes, uh, I got my, I got certified as a Six Sigma black belt. So, uh, Lean Six Sigma is this. Process. It's it looks at process. You'd love it Ann, because it's data and it's it's just. Oh, real- I definitely would love that. Most people, I think, would find it really boring. You and I would find it interesting. But <laughs> the thing is, is if you applied if you applied lean six sigma to state government. I can't even fathom the amount of money that we could save that is being wasted in this state. So you know, and again, I, if I'm going to Raleigh, what am I going to do? Um, I want to see this way. I want to do a, a forensic audit of the $15 billion that we're, that we're spending on schools and find some waste. I got to meet Beth Wood. She's the state auditor for North Carolina uh, last week. She was at a rotary meeting here in Charlotte. She's a Democrat, but she is all about, she says, you know what? I don't have an R. I don't have a D next to my name. I have CPA next to my name. And she goes in and she finds waste and she cuts it. And, and I, I would just, I'd meet with her as much as I could to do this forensic audit. And you know what we should do with the money that we save is one, we got to cut this bureaucracy, this unbelievable bloated bureaucracy in this in the in the school systems in this in this state. And take that money and start paying teachers. Start paying principals. Take money. Let's let's have the best teachers in the world want to work in North Carolina. We want the best, the absolute best. And giving uh, I mean, think about that. It's its just it's utilizing the old school capitalism is you're good. If you offer more money, you're going to get better quality. And if you've got bad quality, they're going to be flushed out of the system and we will have the absolute best um, in it. I also think that, you know, on that same vein, we need school choice. We've got to have school choice available and one of the things i i believe in is you know don't reinvent the wheel i think that we need an esa account system like arizona um, you know arizona implemented literally very recently um the, a thing called the emp- the empowerment scholarship account and it you know, it's it's kind of like a, a 529 plan for parents to open for their kids starting in kindergarten. And that's where you get to use the money to put them whatever school you want to. Well, if you're putting them in the really good schools, those good schools are going to get better and they're going to need to duplicate and they're going to need to enlarge. And if there are schools that aren't getting any students because they're so bad, they'll close. That's what we want. We want education to get better and better and better. Competition will drive it up. Absolutely, competition yeah. is what makes quality skyrocket. It's what's made America great over 240 years. Um, so that, 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 and that's just something that I can do in Raleigh. And you know, I yeah, I, I'm to go back to the crime thing, but we also, you know, I, I reached out to um, our district attorney. Our DA is not as bad as as you know Gascone and Los Angeles and some of these others. He is running, unfortunately, unopposed. But uh, I reached out to him to ask him. I you know I said, hey. If I was elected, what would you what do you want from the state? What can the state do for you to make crime go down for crying out loud? And so on my fourth try, (laughs) (laughs) he he finally got back to keep trying. You got to keep trying. On my fourth try, he did come back and say exactly what I thought he would say. And that's we need more money for assistant D.A.s because we've got a backlog and we need. More assistant DAs to prosecute. So, and I did, and I know we were talking about education, but that was what right. I forgot about. And it really does fall into, you know, we, we've got to get things under control. Um, and the last thing that I think uh, is sorely missing in Mecklenburg County specifically is representation in Raleigh. There are 17 people that represent the people of Mecklenburg County in Raleigh. And you know this, but I'm going to say it again. 16 of them are radical left wing activists. One of them, God bless him, John Bradford from Huntersville, is the only Republican in Raleigh that represents Mecklenburg County on an island by himself. Yeah, I know. Every time I've seen him a couple times in the last few weeks, he's like, "Mark, you've got to come up here and keep me company. This is awful." <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but anyway, I mean, think about North Carolina derives over twenty percent of its annual tax revenue from—you guessed it—Mecklenburg County. We are the largest economic engine in the state, but we are treated so badly. And have been for so long derisively, if you're from eastern North Carolina, you have always called us the great state of Mecklenburg. And that's not a compliment, you know, uh, but when it comes time to collect taxes, we are definitely in North Carolina because they are happy to take one dollar out of every five. And this is really where I put on my Charlotte hat and say this is not fair. This is what is it, socialism? You know, what are we? Why are we spreading out all of the, the tax money that we send there is not making it back here. And if you don't believe me, drive over to I 77 and sit in one of those three lanes between downtown uh, and the South Carolina border. And in, tra- you know, you will be sitting still, and there should be about six lanes there. And think about the fact that a city one third our size, Raleigh, is finishing up on their second loop around their city. Isn't that amazing? What is going on? And they're talking about having a toll road between downtown and South Carolina. No, use the taxes that we're already paying to do that. But, you know, what what do you do? They're generated
0: directly from us.
1: It's mind blowing. And I'm going to listen to the needs of the people in the district. Um, You know, we have serious needs in this district. And my opponent, I, I, I don't know her. I do know that uh, when you go to her website, she is all about climate justice. By God, we need justice. We just need plain justice. Crime out of control, and you're talking about climate justice. Well, you know what? The state legislature, I'm not sure how much climate justice we can do there, but that gives you an example of activists. These, these are not representing the people in the right. a- Creek, or the people of South Park, or the people of Dilworth, or South End. There, that's not the the goal of these folks, and we've got to. We, and the direct personal issues that they're dealing with. You got it. I mean, it's 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 so important. All these things are are just so important, and um, so really, that's the focal. Those are the three things that are most important to me. The other is getting a supermajority, and the supermajority means um, that we can override. Vetoes. Uh, right now, um, we need to flip two Senate seats from blue to red and three House seats from blue to red in order to do that. And the reason it's important, Ann, as you know, uh, is that Governor Cooper, who seems like a nice enough guy, uh has <laughs> well, he's a veto man. Unless you know him, uh, we call him veto Roy. Um, he has vetoed 75 bills that have come across his desk in the short five years that he's been in office. And that is more than twice as many as all of his predecessors combined. This guy is an authoritarian, complete total. He, I mean, he vetoed the born alive bill. He, he vetoed, you know, having parents in charge of whether their kids wear masks in school or not. He vetoed going back to school in person. I mean, this, this guy has never seen a Republican bill that he didn't like to veto. Um, If we can get him a supermajority, and again, flipping two blue seats to red uh, in the Senate and three House seats from blue to red, we will be able to override his vetoes. And I know that he wants to run for president, which is just baffling to me that he thinks he could do that. But, hey, you know what? Once we start overriding his vetoes, he can just go on to Iowa or New Hampshire and start running uh, for president early (laughs) because he won't have any more power here. That's for sure. I think we can do it. We got this. I, I think so. It's I am feeling the red wave, but not unless people get inside that wave and, and help make it. Absolutely. Well, as a first time candidate, why should your voters choose you over your opponent? Well, you know, I, I think it's, you know, it's always something to say is I, I think I would bring some refreshing change. I don't, I'm not a lawyer, you know, I've been a I'm a businessman. I'm in banking. You know, obviously Charlotte is the second largest banking center in the United States. I understand uh, finances. Um, but practicality is probably even bigger than all of that. I'm a businessman, you know, I've been in the private sector for 25 years. Um, and you know, I know what's needed because I'm out knocking doors. I've knocked 1700 doors so far. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable the things people are telling me and it's not climate justice and they're not right. telling me that they want climate justice. What they're telling me, they they're telling me is that, oh, my God, gas is about to go up again. I go to the grocery store and I have to leave two or three items off because I can't afford them. I'm guessing it's more than two or three. Yeah. I mean, and then and then, then, you know, two weeks ago or I guess in the last week, folks that don't check it every day online like you and I do are going to get their 401k statement. And they're going to see how. Bad and they're not retiring anytime soon. Exactly. And so that's one of the reasons we've got to we we obviously have got to get uh, a majority in the in the U.S. House of representatives because they can tackle those things. But here in the state right after here's the thing, they might be scared to go to their mailbox because they're afraid of getting beaten right. up and robbed. So that's something I can't I can help with. And we've got to start making punishment fit the crime and make it so that. Criminals uh, are going to think twice, three times, four times before they they, uh, you know, commit a, an act of larceny or burglary uh, or, God forbid, a homicide. So I am practicality. Um, I believe that we need justice. Uh, yeah. I So anyway, I think it's, it's interesting because I am completely the opposite of my opponent. She is endorsed by and funded by, you know, uh, every kind of left wing cause. You can see AFL-CIO. I mean, just go down the list. And in fact, she even has it on her website uh, that she's proudly endorsed by these left wing radical organizations that absolutely care less about District 39 in Mecklenburg. Right. Right.
0: Right. that, That goes to say, I. I think the way right now, grassroots campaigns, the reason why they're getting traction is because they they actually are going back to their constituents and the people that they serve. And so if if you're yeah. being endorsed primarily through larger packs and other things, those aren't the people you serve. And so I, I think that says a lot, right? That we know where yours are coming from. You're in front of people every day, door knocking, um, speaking to people, and and they're contributing to you. Therefore, they're moved by you, and they'll be moved to vote because they care about. They realize you care about them and and their outcome, and
1: and so that that's a big deal. Absolutely, it, it is. And and I, I again, I just I can't imagine uh, a more stark difference between right. my my opponent and I. Mm-hmm.
0: No doubt. All right. So this is your favorite part, as you yes. always say. If you could wave a magic wand to make any change you want within the first quarter as the North Carolina senator,
1: what would you change? Wow. OK, so the magic wand moment, what am I going to do? Well, as a freshman senator, um, you know, you, you're kind of at the bottom of the heap, but the I've got I've, I have to make noise. And the first thing I'm going to do is say, guess what? Mecklenburg County is here. We are the largest county uh, population-wise, and we're putting all this money in here. We need some of that to start coming back here. Uh, we need more money. We need more money for D assistant DAs, or better yet, we need our money back. I don't believe in raising taxes. In fact, I hope that we get to a 0% um, state income tax, uh, and I will be, obviously, for that, I'd love to start competing with Tennessee, Florida, Texas, and some of the other no-income uh, income tax states. We'll get there. But um, we're already being taxed and that's not making its way back here. We need more assistant DAs as it is. Um, we've got to start cracking down on crime. And that's one of the ways to do it. And I'm going to get passionate about this. If we, if the city council cannot back CMPD to stop, so I start going after crime and we keep hemorrhaging officers. I'll put I will do all I can to get state troopers in the streets of Charlotte if it if it's necessary. If we need the North Carolina Highway Patrol or one of the other agencies that is in law enforcement that's based out of Raleigh, if we need state troopers in the streets to shame, to shame the, the uh, city council, then then, you know, then. I'll, yeah. If I have that power, um, we've got to. And, and again, I think anything I say is also we need to do. We've got to audit. We've got to audit uh, the money that's being spent on some of this. So, um, you know, that that if I could do that, that's one of the things I would do. I would implement. I would immediately uh, sponsor, co-sponsor whatever you need to do with a bill for the for um, an empowerment scholarship account and offering school choice to parents. That's certainly uh, a very viable way to do it. And we don't need to reinvent the wheel. Let's let's do what Arizona is doing. Uh, and of course, I would love to see that forensic audit uh, of that $15 billion that's being spent on education. That is something I could do. Uh, at least start, you know, you can't do a whole lot in one quarter, but I mean, at least get that started. And um, again, I want to do listening sessions. I want to hear what the people in the district are, want from the state. I've already been listening for month after month after month. And I know what they want, but I've got to keep on that because it's not static. I mean, it's going to be changing over time. So um, and I think as soon as we get that supermajority, I will be voting to override every veto that Cooper can throw at us from here on out. Um, That is something I definitely have the power to do because he is an obstructionist and that's got to stop. I agree.
0: I agree. I agree. Well, Mark, this has been a great conversation and I cannot thank you enough for switching roles with me <laughs> and letting me fun. put you in the hot seat and ask you the questions. It was very... So, and you're good you at this. Thank I you think I'm going to have a
1: competitor mind. here. <laughs> you are good at so this. No
0: doubt. You're a pro. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> so until next time, have a great day and always be on the lookout for the elephant in the room.